Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to Believe in Miami Heat, brought to you by the Believe Network. As always, I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. Not live today on the YouTube because I'll very likely be live on Saturday. So come over to the YouTube side if you're not here already. Make sure to subscribe and hit the bell because when I go live, you can actually comment your questions and get them answered live on the podcast. It's a really fun, interactive thing that we do. So if you're not already over here or don't got that bell or not subscribed, Go ahead and do that because it does help your boy out a lot. Anyways, all that being said, I wanted to come over here and kind of share my thoughts on the first half of the season. That being said, I understand that, well, technically, it's been more than a half of the season. They've played more than 41 games. But you understand after the All-Star break, that's when everyone really starts trying. So everything that I'm saying about the first half and all these players, that could completely change going into the second half of the season. And the Miami Heat do play tonight. Finally, it's at 10 p.m. So it's a late one. And of course, there's nothing I'd rather spend my Friday night doing than watching some Miami Heat basketball. I'm only half kidding. I'm half being sarcastic because I am actually really looking forward to the second half of the season and seeing what, if anything, is different. I guess DeLon Wright will be different. That'll be kind of fun. But anyways, y'all read the title. Let's get into the video. One thing that I do want to say is that these grades are based off of my expectations of the player going into the season so if I thought a player was going to be ass and they were ass I'll probably give them like a C or something just because like I said this is based off my expectations of that player so if I give Jimmy Butler a B and I give Hame Hawkins an A I'm not saying that Hame Hawkins is better than Jimmy Butler okay we got that out the way Anyways, let's go ahead and go with the starting lineup first. We will start with the starting point guard, which, of course, is Terry Rozier. Now, it won't be Terry Rozier against the Pelicans because, of course, he's still recovering from that strained knee. But we did get some good news from Spolstra. I think it was today, actually. Uh, I'm recording this on Thursday. He basically said that either Jay Rich or Rozier would return during this road trip. But he made it kind of obvious it would not be Jay Ridge. We just know how Spolster does. He's kind of sly or sneaky and really doesn't like to give too much away. But unfortunately, Josh Richardson is, looks like he's going to miss some more time. We'll get into him in a little bit. But Terry Rozier will probably be back sooner than later, which overall is good. Although I am giving his recent Heat tenure, which was what, like 10 to 15 games. I am unfortunately giving that a C-. minus. That's because... And to be honest, I was going to give him a D plus. So this is me being nice if y'all thought I was being harsh, but at least hear me out, okay? The Miami Heat essentially had two first-round picks to trade during this trade deadline. That's really all their assets, non-player-wise, right? And they traded half of those assets to get Terry Rozier, meaning it has to work because you had two first-round picks and traded one of them to get this guy. He better work. Now, what does work mean? Well, they got him assuming he'd kind of be a really great scorer for this team because that was maybe our biggest, I'd say I'd say outside of being very small, lack of size, I'd say scoring was really this Heat team's biggest issue. And you had Terry Rozier over there in Charlotte averaging 24 points per game. I think the Heat thought if they brought him in, he could be a very nice bucket getter for them. And he has not done that yet. He's averaging 13 points a night, but it's on an abysmal 36% from the field and 23% from three. So it's not like he's just shooting bad or below average. He has been horrible. He's been disgusting shooting the ball. Now, again, if I'm being too harsh, I'm sorry. I understand that 
he was hurt and they could get and he will continue to get better as he gets some more time in the system but if I'm grading his scoring off of what we've seen so far it has not been good and on top of that they brought him in during a three or four game losing streak thinking that that shaker will be enough to fix it it wasn't they lost like another three or four games in a row after getting him and then some of their best games which is the Milwaukee game to close it out you know before the all-star break that was without Terry Rozier anyways so I don't really feel like there's been a direct impact on or at least a direct positive impact between Terry Rozier and this team and for that reason I'm giving him a C minus now, the only reason I did go up from a D plus is because his playmaking has actually been very nice. He was one of the best pick and roll players or pick and roll passers in the league when he was with Charlotte. We haven't seen too much of that with Miami yet. I'd like, to, I mean, you've seen some with Bam. I'm not saying we haven't seen it. I would just like to see a little bit more, but his numbers overall are very good. I'm going to be pretty much rounding up or rounding accordingly for stats to this whole video. And if you do, Terry Rozier is basically averaging six assists and one turnover a game, which is phenomenal from the playmaker position. Now, I think a lot of his struggles could be considered uh, or contributed to the fact that he's starting alongside Tyler Hero, who's a very similar player. I still think that fit is a bit awkward, but that does lead us into our next player, which is Tyler Hero, who I know everybody thinks that I'm going to give him a, well, the lowest tier here we, we have here is Drew Smith. We won't get into that later. I know everybody thinks that I'm going to be hateful or shameful because somehow I'm the biggest Tyler Hero hater on the internet outside of Royal A. Shepard. But that's not true. I like Tyler Hero. And for that reason, I'm going to go ahead and give him a B-, minus, which I, I get is one of the lower tiers on here. But I still think a B- minus is fair. The reason I'm getting, going uh, with the minus, I guess, here is because there hasn't really been a major improvement since last season. And I'm talking on the, the first half of the season as a whole because obviously the last couple weeks, Tyler Hero has been very good. He said that he would take on a role as more of a, a playmaking type. We have seen that. I love what I've seen from him as, as a facilitator role. But again, it's just the last two weeks. I'm, I'm judging him based off the whole first few months of the season as a whole. And the efficiency has been relatively the same from the field. Now, one place where he has stood out is from that three-point uh, three line. He's almost at 40% on high volume. He has been amazing shooting the ball this year, and his efficiency has gone up, you know, a lot since last year in that department. But that's really been the only improvement there. On the season as a whole, he's still averaging 21 points per game, four assists, two turnovers, uh, and the percentage was, was 44%. So, again, very same as last year. I was hoping to get a jump from Tyler you saw it for a first few weeks to start the season, but then he had the ankle injury and really wasn't great for a long period of time after that. I personally don't love his fit in that starting lineup with or without Terry Rozier just because I feel like he's doesn't fit with Jimmy and Bam all that well. He takes a lot of shots away from those guys, which I personally don't like. And then if you compare his fit with Duncan Robinson, it's really night and day. We see anytime Duncan Robinson starts or gets a lot of burn, he is incredible, particularly playing off those other guys. The cohesion is just so much better. So I don't love Tyler Hero's fit in the starting lineup. I've made that very clear across several videos. I don't think that's his fault. That's obviously on Spolstra. But still, I think Tyler Hero's, Hero's had a really uh, nice season overall. So I personally think that B- minus is fair. We're going to go ahead and go next to Jimmy Butler, who we know will always coast in the regular season. That being said, I'm giving him a B plus because I think he's been fine. During the losing streak, I didn't like how it took him so long to get it going. But once he did get it going, you can still see that he's unstoppable. There's a lot of Heat fans freaking out that, oh, this might be it. This is the end of Jimmy Butler. And I say, 
Have you never watched Jimmy Butler play basketball before? Again, I wish Jimmy would pick and choose his spots a little bit better because what good is playoff Jimmy if you don't get to the playoffs? But if I think he knows his body well enough to know when he has to try, to know when he has to go hard, and then other nights where he does have to coast. And I get he gets and I understand he gets paid a lot of money, so to see him coast is annoying. But if that's what he has to do to become God, the second coming of Michael Jordan in the playoffs, then I'll take it. And this season, Jimmy Butler's averaging 20, I wrote two points per game in my notes. I think it's like 21 points a night uh, with five assists, six rebounds, 50% from the field. And just like Tyler Hero, one noticeable improvement is that three-point shooting. 44% from Jimmy Butler from three is by far the highest three-point percentage he's had since joining the Miami Heat. And the attempts aren't huge, but you're seeing him take one to two a game. Of late, he's been taking closer to three to four. Love that from Jimmy Butler. And obviously, come playoffs, we know that three-point shooting somehow magically kicks in, and it makes him such a better player. So I'm happy with Jimmy. It's sort of what I expected. I'll go ahead and give him a B-plus here. Uh, next, we got Kalen Martin, who's been kind of the slotted power forward to start this season, uh, the same role that he was in last year, and I thought he did as good as you could possibly expect. Now, that wasn't great, but again, he's like a 6'4 guy trying to play power forward. He's playing out of his position because this team really doesn't have a power forward. I thought he was fine last year. I think he's fine this year so far. He's averaging 10 points a game, five boards, 45% shooting, 35% from three. Obviously, as a guy that's not known as a shooter, I think those percentages are decent. But that being said, I was a little bit tricked after the playoff run last year. I thought he, I thought he would develop like more or, or become, you know, noticeably improved on the offensive side. He hasn't. So for that reason, I'm gonna go ahead and give him a B minus here as well because I like the season he's having. But I did think maybe he was gonna take a, a, at least a slight leap, and we really haven't seen that. But the Caleb Martin from last year is still a really good player, so I am generally happy with him overall. Next, we got Bam Adebayo, who right away, I'll tell you, is going all the way up here in this A-minus tier. A guy that did tail off a little bit over the last month or so. He's, he's not having a great 2024. We saw a similar thing last year, except it was after the All-Star break where Bam kind of tailed off. But maybe now that the All-Star break's over, Bam obviously had a lot of fun. Shout out to him in Indiana. He was doing his recruiting work. We saw him mingling with Luca and Ann Edwards and Donovan Mitchell and Dame and everyone else. So... Trust me, hey, connections matter, people. And a lot of this stuff happens at the All-Star game. So shout out to Bam Adebayo for that. But, you know, overall in the season, Bam is averaging 20 points a game, 11 boards. That is a big improvement from last year where he was like in the nines. He's getting almost two more boards a game, something this Heat team obviously desperately needs considering their lack of size. He is averaging four assists to two turnovers. I'd like to see him kind of get that ratio fixed a little bit. We've seen Bam average five plus assists earlier in his career. I wish he was he would still be able to do that while maintaining the 20 points per game. But obviously his role isn't quite big enough yet because you got you kind of got a lot of mouth mouths to feed on this team because they are pretty deep. Uh, and he is shooting 51% from the field. Again, that's a little bit down from his previous years. He was hovering around 44, but he is taking a lot more mid-range jump shots. The only reason I didn't put Bam in that A tier at the top is because he has tailed off a little bit. If you would have asked me the first few months of the season, oh, I would have gave him an A because that, that mid-range jump shot from the dotted line was looking silky smooth. It was Chris Bosh-esque. 
but he has been relatively inefficient at that range of late. He's starting to settle for, settle for that shot too much, not getting to the rim as much as you'd like. So that's the reason I gave him an A-. minus. But I do think that balance between outside scoring and inside scoring is something he's going to continue to, to learn how to do to find the kind of the perfect balance. Next, we're going on to the bench here, and we're going to put Duncan Robinson all the way up here in the A tier because last year, Duncan Robinson was terrible in the regular season. Obviously, he had a pretty decent playoffs, but based off the regular season, 33% shooting on high volume was awful, and I lost all faith in my boy. He used to be one, he used to be maybe my favorite player in the NBA back when he was hooping. So much so that when he was terrible last year, I kept saying to all the Heat fans on Twitter and all the Heat fans I know, oh, believe in Duncan. He's going to get better. I trust Duncan. He's going to turn it around. And he never did. So he left me looking like an idiot. That being said, as soon as I was rats off a ship, he came to this season lighting it up. Thank God, too, because after losing Max Struess, they needed the shooting. And I, I really believe Duncan's value on this team is so severely understated. I don't think, I know the record's not great or anything right now, but I do believe it'd be so much worse without Duncan Robinson. You got the statistic where he plays like 25 minutes a night or starts. They have a, a massively winning record, and I don't think that's coincidence. I talked earlier about his cohesion with Bam and Abile, with Jimmy Butler. I just think it fits so well. You see the confidence is through the roof, and when you get in a confident, shit-talking Duncan Robinson, you saw him going back and forth with Jalen Brown. When Bam Adebayo was laughing, I, I didn't like that. You, you saw the cockiness from Duncan. You saw the swagger. Just like we saw when he was mean mugging in the playoffs last year. Confident Duncan Robinson is a different beast. Not to mention that he's getting to the rim crazy this year. Or, and finishing at an elite rate. Uh, he's averaging 31 points. Or 31. Whew, can you imagine? 13 points per game. 46% from the field. 41% from three on seven attempts. Way up from last year. Needless to be say, relative to expectations, Dunk Robinson is an A for this season. Next, we're going to go into Hayward Highsmith, who has shared a lot of time at that starting four. And I'm giving Hayward Highsmith a B. Mostly because I thought he was ass last year. And earlier to start the season, he was getting a lot of uh, a lot of run as a starter. And I basically publicly admitted that I am a converted Hayward Highsmith believer. That being said, if I thought the dude was ass... And now I think he's okay. I think he's worthy of a B relative to my expectations, but he really hasn't been great of late. Obviously, the defense is always pretty solid, but again, he's like 6'5". Playing at the power forward spot, there's only so much he can do against big men, and I do find that he gets cooked a lot now when he's, guard up, when he's guarding guys his size. He's pretty decent. The problem is, because of the lack of size on his team, he doesn't get to do that quite often. He is averaging six points per game, 42% of the field, and 37% from three. So if he is looked at as a defensive player, but shooting 37% from three, I think those numbers are pretty pretty good considering what he is. Now, his numbers of late have not been good shooting the ball, but still 37% on the first half of the season as a whole, that's not too bad. And he is what he is, Hayward Highsmith, but he's better than I thought, so he gets the B tier. Next, we're going to go into Josh Richardson, who I am also putting in the B tier. Reason being, we were obviously all very hyped when the Heat signed Jay Rich back, but I personally tried to temper my expectations because I said, eh, this is 30-year-old Jay Rich. Don't think he's going to be coming in here, lighting it up, scoring 17 at night, playing a pretty elite point of attack defense. And he hasn't done those things, but I think he's been a lot better than I expected especially since he was he's literally a minimum contract guy who was just sitting on the market. Now, I think we did hear that he turned down some money to join the Miami Heat, but 
Still, at the end of the day, he's a minimum contract guy. And to get a guy who averaged 10 points a night on 44% shooting and 35% from three for a minimum contract, I don't think that's all that bad. And while the defense isn't as great as it was, you know, five years ago, I still think he he's a very capable defender, which is not something you could say about a lot of guards on this team. So I really like his role. He is better than I thought he would be. And he's getting a lot of slack from, or a lot of crap, I guess, from Heat fans that, that think he's ass. Like, dude's a minimum contract guy. He's been fine. Now, someone asked him on Twitter, how's his shoulder doing? He said his shoulder hurt. And as I said earlier, it doesn't sound like he'll be returning anytime soon. Now, I don't necessarily think that he need him because of because they have some other guys who could do similar stuff on this team, like Caleb Martin, like DeLon Wright. So you hope he's okay, uh, and just you, you hope they can get him back as soon as possible. But I do got him in the B tier over here. Next, we got our second A of the video. It's Kamehameha Hakez Jr., who coming into this season, I knew nothing about. I, I didn't watch much of him at UCLA over the past four years. But you hear you get a 22-year-old, one of those seniors coming in, you say he better be able to contribute uh, right away. You hear that they may or may not have wanted to trade in for Damian Lillard. And I'm saying this kid better be good. Now, my expectations weren't super high because I know Spo doesn't typically rely on rookies a ton. Now, we heard he wasn't your average rookie. And boy, is that true. The guy is averaging 13 points a night on 49% from the field and 39 or 32% from three. Excuse me. Uh, his three-point percentage, I believe, was in the 40s earlier in the season. Now, of late, he can't hit the broadside of a barn, so that three-point number has dipped a little bit, but he's still shown the ability to be able to spread the floor, but his real bread and butter is inside, driving to the basket, the post-game, the footwork. Y'all know I say it all the time. I got the foot fetish for the footwork of Kamehameha Jr. If y'all on the YouTube side, you can see right back here, I got the Hakeem Olajuwon bobblehead. That's my favorite player of all time because I love the footwork and Jaime Hawkins is elite at that. And I don't care if he was a four-year college guy. He's still 22 with his first years of, or his first year of NBA experience. And he's cooking these dudes. Back when earlier this year when Jimmy Butler was out and Jaime was the starter, he was helping carry this team to wins. Not carry, but he had a pretty substantial role. You know what I'm saying? And then he had the groin injury. And, he, and he's kind of been bad since, I'm not going to lie to you. But I'm just going to assume that he's still recovering from that. And when we do get, a, he does get this all-star break, even though he was in the dunk contest, which I think he did fine, by, by the way. I don't, I don't think he embarrassed himself. I mean, Jalen Brown embarrassed himself, but we're not really here to, to, to get a tangent on, going on that. But I do hope that Jaime Jaquez will be a little more comfortable in the, in the second half of the rookie season. Maybe he was also hitting a rookie wall. And I just think this rest overall can help him. But if you judge him pretty much everything before that groin injury, he was awesome, especially since I didn't have that much expectations going in just because I didn't know him. And for that reason, I'm putting him in the A tier. Next, I got Kevin Love, who I'm going to put all the way here at a B plus. Maybe that's a little high, but going into this year, I didn't have huge expectations for him just because I didn't really think he was going to be a starter. Now, he did start for a little bit, and he's not a starter. I figured he'd be a guy that played 15 minutes a night, and he is but lo and behold, his impact in those 15 minutes, I thought, has been very, very good. He's, his defense is obviously not great, but his ability to stay in the lane and draw charges, which hypes up the team. His ability to get rebounds. He has, he's getting six rebounds a night. And again, this is all in 15 minutes. He's also giving you nine points on 44% shooting and 35% from three. Now, that's the only reason I didn't give him an A, just because 
As a guy that primarily takes threes, you'd like to see him be a little bit higher than 35%. We know he's capable of that. But overall, the 15 minutes he's given you a night, I felt like have been super impactful because he just makes winning plays. He's one of those guys. And come playoff times, I think his IQ, his championship pedigree, and his ability to get in the lane and draw charges on Giannis, I think will help a lot. Uh, and for that reason, I give uh, Kevin Love a B plus just because he's been better than I thought. And in 15 minutes a night, uh, I think he's doing work. Next, we got Nikola Jovic. I hope this isn't controversial, but I'm gonna give my boy a B minus. The reason being is because I didn't have a lot of expectations for Nikola Jovic coming into the season. But as a guy that shown flashes last year, I was hoping that he'd get somewhat of a bigger role going into this season. And you could argue he has, but you could also argue he really hasn't had a role at all. There was a 10-game stretch earlier this season where I think he started like almost every game or most of those games when, when guys were hurt. And he was fine, a little inconsistent, not great around the rim offensively, but you saw the offensive flashes of him pushing pace, passing the ball, hitting the three. But then once guys get healthy, he wasn't playing. And I kind of wish that he could be a stable part of the rotation. He very likely may be going into the second half of the season. A lot of Heat fans are speculating that he may continue to start once Jimmy Butler returns, which I do believe he is versus the Pelicans, but that remains to be seen. But in the first half of the season, I get it, Heat fans, you love him and all those plays. And, and when he started, it was a lot of fun, but he really wasn't a contributing member to this team for most of the first half of the season. But when he did play, he wasn't bad most of the time. So for that reason, I am putting him in, in the B-. minus. He's averaging six points per game, four rebounds, two assists, 43% from the field, which is not great, but 45% from three, which is great. So again, that kind of tells you he's not great around the rim. But again, he's 20 years old. The things that he needs to work on are very clear. And I do love Jovic. I think he'll be a great player one day. But based on my expectations, I got him at a B- minus over here. Uh, next over here, we're going to the first backup big, Thomas Bryant, who people are not going to like this one either, but he's going in the same tier as the rest of these guys. Now, if you're a Heat fan and you just scroll to the end of the video and, and you see these guys in this list, you're probably very confused. How the hell is Tyler Hero on the same tier as Thomas Bryant? But again, it's relative to my expectations. I did not think Thomas Bryant was going to be good because he was sitting on the market for waiting for someone to pick him up. He was on the Denver Nuggets when Nikola Jovic hurt, and they were playing DeAndre Jordan's old can't-shoot bum-ass over him. So that told me that Thomas Bryant was not that good a player. They paid him a minimum contract because I thought he wasn't that good a player. He's out of the rotation for most of the part because he's not that good a player. But when he comes in, he hustles hard. He's shooting 57% this season, only four points a game and three rebounds. But again, the limits are, minute, are, 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 the, are limited. And to be honest, I was comparing him to guys like Dwayne Devin and Cody Zeller. I thought he was going to be comparable to them. And he's been much, much better in my opinion. Although he hasn't been great, he's been much better than those bums. So for that reason, I got him in a B- minus tier. The other backup big, Orlando Robinson, pretty similar. Everything I said against, uh, everything I said against uh, about Bryant, you can also say about Orlando. Also averaging four points and three, uh, three boards a game. 51% has only played 24 games now. He's been in the G League a little bit too, dominated over there. And personally, I think I do like Orlando Robinson better than Thomas Bryant. But as far as their impact in the first half of the season, it's the same. Both those guys have had a few moments here and there where they've played well or had a nice stretch. Overall, I didn't really expect much from them, but they're also not great players. So I got them in a B minus tier. And after that, 
we finally have DeLon Wrights, who I'm just going to give an eye now for incomplete. I, I was going to rank him somewhere based off his Washington time, but we'll give him an eye. But it is a pickup that I'm very excited about. I dropped a reaction video to him when it happened a few days ago. Now, because I was excited, I may have said he's an amazing player and all this stuff. That's not all true. I said he wasn't a needle mover. That part is true. But truth is, he'll get a, he'll get a spot in the rotation now while Terry and, and uh, Jay Rich are out. If he plays well, he may keep his role. If not, he may be a guy that's not a consistent rotation player. You may just use him on an as-needed basis. If you're playing a guy like Dame or a guy like Donovan Mitchell or another great offensive guard that you'd like uh, DeLon Wright to kind of shadow and clamp them up, which if you think about it, it's pretty much all the Eastern Conference. So come playoff time, he might have a huge role. But I am, I am still excited about him as a player because you've heard in the last week how excited Spo is to have him, how excited he is to be here. Darrell Wright was trying to get him over there. And a guy that plays defense like that, that is a Miami Heat player. Anytime you get one of those dogs, I'll always be excited. But I'll have him in the I tier now, and I'm very excited to see how he plays. He'll likely get some pretty good run against the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. And last week, we got Drew Smith, who is ass. Now, Drew, I understand you tore your ACL against Cleveland because of that trash court. I hope you're doing well. You don't ever want to see anyone get hurt. They're praying for speedy recovery to you, my boy. Uh, I thought you would be ass, and you were ass. But that doesn't mean I'm going to put you no higher on this list than anyone else because you are ass. I'm sorry. Why the Heat signed you again? I don't know. They had you last year. The Brooklyn Nets picked you up. I said, oh, happy days. He's off my roster. Then they brought him back. I don't understand. This Heat team did not have a point guard. They knew Kyle Lowry was ass. And they said the only insurance for him is going to be Drew Smith. Are you kidding me? I would have rather signed Briante Weber for the fifth time. I would have rather brought Marcus Garrett back to play some defense. Anybody but Drew Smith. Now, it's hard to even grade him because he did get hurt so early. When he did play, he was whatever. I got no opinion about him, whether good or bad. I, I Well, I guess I do because I just said he was ass. But as far as his actual play and the few times he did play, he was whatever. Nothing stands out about him. He's just, he's a nothing player. And I don't understand why he's on this roster. That's why he gets his own tier. Anyways, that's all I really got to say for this video. I've been rambling for 26 minutes about the roster. Let me know down in the comments below if y'all agree or disagree. And uh, let me know y'all predictions for tonight's game versus the New Orleans Pelicans. I was about to say Hornets. I'm tripping. I got to get some sleep. I'm, I'm, I'm recording this uh, pretty late on a Thursday night. Uh, but that's all I gotta say. Make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoyed. And I'll see y'all next time. Peace out. Look, pull up in the city, tryna get that dead fast. Like, do it on my own, I don't need no dead weight. Had to kill him off, yeah, I need a head space. You know this homegrown bitch don't offend me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.